the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to connect to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio Show, where we dive into God's Word and Kingdom topics. Best things we do is give to the needy around us. We are giving to people who are needing groceries and gas to get to work. And as a partner, a percentage of that is going towards people who need it right around us. Thanks for your partnership. Stay tuned for today's Kingdom Topic. Here's Olivia with today's message. Welcome to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio. My name is Olivia Barrett, and I want to welcome you into a show where we get a chance to talk about kingdom things that are happening around us. And we're using scripture to relate us to God's thoughts, things that are helping us make sense of where we are and what's going on in our normal lives. I mean, we can actually read about it in scripture, and sometimes you don't even know that it's hidden you know, right there, uh, sometimes before and after the big events of the Bible. And so welcome. Glad you're here. It's a great day to talk about kingdom topics. And so I love doing that with you. I love being in this conversation and um, maybe bringing up things, bringing up topics, things that are in the Bible that we're learning about. And I want to talk about something today that you know, is very uh, relevant. Like when I'm thinking about, you know, when you're looking at maybe what non-Christians see when they're looking at Christians, you know, I was thinking about um, that interesting place when you're watching, they're mostly at baseball games. Like that's where I see it the most. Like you'll watch a baseball game on TV and you see the guy who has the big poster that says John 316 on it. And You know, I remember seeing that as a kid going, wow, I don't even know what to think about that. Like, that's pretty cool and would move on. But then it kind of caught on. Like, it ended up being probably at every sports event, you know, where it was public and there was going to be television. And people were making these big signs that said John 316. And I just remember, you know, seeing these signs in every sports event you know, spot on TV, like if we were flipping through the channels or, you know, if we were watching stuff. And I just started thinking, you know, today even, you know, what does it mean to embrace John 3.16? Like I was thinking that, you know, a non-Christian could really say that. I mean, you know, if somebody were to say to somebody who does not know Jesus, hey, could you quote us a scripture More than likely, it would be that one, you know, that people would just say, it's John 3.16, just because they've seen it, you know, in public so much. And um, I was laughing about that. I mean, knowing that, you know, sometimes God just uses some of the most uh, crazy scenarios to turn something into good. But, you know, wouldn't it be so funny if, and we'll get into this, this is actually really good, but, you know, for God to... um, 
phrase that scripture in the way that he did so that non-Christians could embrace it. So I wanted to uh, just dive in right here. You know what it means that we could be looking at John 3.16 from God's perspective. Like what it would mean that, you know, we're not looking at it from just being in the church, you know, or being around other Christians, that we're looking at it from a completely different perspective. And so let me take you into John 3, okay? This is so good because... If you have ever learned anything about the Pharisees, um, they have a bad vibe, right? Like, you know, a lot of the Pharisees that we, you know, hear about in Scripture are the people that were, you know, against Jesus. They were the ones that were religious leaders, and they represented people who um, knew the law but did not know Jesus and did not, they weren't interested in it. Actually, they were the ones that would come up and fight against Uh, these teachings that Jesus had, you know, they were finding real offense and, you know, so they get a bad rap (laughs) and, and I mean, completely understanding why, you know, that somebody who would be standing against, you know, the son of God, um, of course would be getting a bad rap in our eyes. Right. But I want to take you into John three because God is doing something here that we should be seeing and paying attention to Um, maybe a way to embrace people who don't know Jesus yet, okay? But it's it's Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was actually a well-known Pharisee at the time. It says that um, he was a ruler of the Jews. And so basically, this is a person who, you know, stands out from the crowd for lots of reasons, because of his education, um, even because of what he's wearing. But he was seen as somebody who knew the law of Moses so well that he would be able to connect others to God and that law. And so, you know, it would make sense that somebody who is that invested in what God says through the law um, would be seen as a leader, right? (laughs) A leader of religious people, um, because that's what they were called. Everyone was a religious person at that point until Jesus came. Okay, so let's keep that in perspective. But, you know, it's really amazing because what we're seeing here is a conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. And You know, I've actually seen a video of this moment, and it was really kind of neat. It was like a secret meeting. Um, I don't know if that's uh, biblically correct, but it was really interesting to see that perspective that, you know, Nicodemus really wanted to learn from Jesus, but because of his status in the law um, and people being against what Jesus was teaching because it was no longer the law, um, you know, for him to have to sneak away to spend time with Jesus is actually pretty Uh, priceless for sure. But look at this conversation that Nicodemus and Jesus are having. Okay. So this is, this is Jesus and Nicodemus. Um, And it says they are by night, but you know, you have to go, okay, what does that mean? Like, was it just because they had a full day or was it really because they needed to be in secret? You know, so you actually can sit here and embrace some of this conversation that they're having but Nicodemus is telling him you know I know that you are from God because basically there is no one else who can do the things you're doing unless God is with him and Jesus answered verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God so this is interesting because he didn't actually answer you know Nicodemus you're correct (laughs) like I am from God. He didn't say that. He actually talked about what it would mean 
um, to see the kingdom of God, which is a completely different conversation than how Nicodemus started out. Now, this is where it gets really, really good. Nicodemus is using his mind and he is saying, um, Jesus, it doesn't make sense. How can an adult man be born again? How would he go back into the womb? And Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, so what Jesus is doing here is he's having a conversation with Nicodemus that, I mean, for him is long overdue. <laughs> like when you think about, you know, where Nicodemus has been in his life and the way that he has studied and what kind of regimen he's been in to be in the status that he's in. Um, this conversation is pretty overdue in order for Nicodemus to embrace the fact that, you know, it's not the study that brings salvation and goodness from God. Like, there's something else. There's a new thing here. And Jesus is trying to introduce this to Nicodemus, okay? But Nicodemus is a man who's never experienced any of this before. He doesn't even know, you know, the first thing about being in the kingdom of God. All he knows is being under the law of Moses, which, of course, like, you know, if you've been with us in some of our other shows, I love talking about those early places with Moses and, and the Israelites and you know, God was with them and he actually spoke so much into purpose, you know, over Moses and over the Israelites, right? So everyone from that point knew because Moses was the person who was receiving the law from God that they could follow it because it was trustworthy. Okay, let's go into this next part, which this is Jesus again responding to Nicodemus. Um, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And marvel not what I said unto thee, ye must be born again. All right, so if you were, think of this, like if you were in a place where you've never heard this before, like this is a very first time for you, and you've never been around it either, so it's not like it's not like you've been in church your whole life and now you're embracing it for you personally. This is a man who has never heard this in his entire life. I mean, talk about somebody who would be, you know, an unbeliever at this point. It, he has never been around this kind of conversation. He's never had people around him. There's no church established. Like, it literally is the beginning of the beginnings, like, of, of it all, of the things that, you know, we will never know. We will never know what it's like to sit around a lot of people um, and not be exposed to some kind of God's goodness in our life because, the spirit resides here on earth, right? And so it's amazing to think that what Jesus is doing here for Nicodemus, you know, Nicodemus is trying to problem solve and, and he's trying to think through like, what are you talking about? Like, how is that even possible? And when he is saying things like that, you know, if you are born of the flesh, then, um, then it is the flesh. But if you are born of the spirit, that is the spirit. And so it, what he is saying, he's trying to take him into a further conversation about his own heart. And I don't know if you've ever really thought about that. Like a religious leader who is someone that has done the work. They have connected to the law of Moses and they've connected to God. They have connected in the way they've been taught. And he's embraced it so wholeheartedly that he's got accolades for it. I mean... 
he's been put in leadership because of it and people know to go to him if there is a question about the law and how God would do it, right? But you know, it's interesting to think that he didn't get a heads up. You know, the information that he has is outdated. And I've never even thought about that myself. Like, you know, what it would mean that you can be a person that sits around um, with outdated information and you still drive that home. You drive that into a place of, no, this is how it's done and this is how it's said and this is how we do it. But it's outdated. And you don't know until someone brings the new updated information to you. And that obviously is a place of, oh, I didn't even know this was outdated. Or yes, let's let's do this right away. Depending on how you understand information and how quickly you can make a change, that would probably determine how much of that updated information you need on repeat to remind you that, that the outdated information you've had and experiences um, are just that. It doesn't mean they're void. It just means they're outdated. There's been an update. There is something new that needs to be embraced. And this is the like the moment that Nicodemus is having with Jesus. Now, I'm bringing all this to us because this is one of those moments where you're looking before and after some of the things that everyone knows. Like, non-Christians and Christians know John 3.16, but do they know, do we even know, like, do we know what started that conversation? Like, why was Jesus having um, this special verse that so many of us have embraced, um, to the point where he needed to do this in front of somebody else. Like he was doing this in a way so that people could go from their outdated information into the updated information. Okay. So just go on the journey with me here because it's really um, a moment of yes. Wow. Okay. I didn't know, or you find yourself a little frustrated because you're recognizing that something that you put your soul belief on, like something that you knew would be so right, um, is actually old information. Okay, this is where Nicodemus is. This is his moment here with Jesus. So Jesus goes on and he says, you know, he's talking about the spirit. Of course, no one knows what the spirit is and what it's supposed to do. So Nicodemus is still looking at him and he says, you know, how can these be true? How can these things still be true? And Jesus answered and said unto him, um, I know you're a master of Israel. How awesome is that? And knoweth not these things. Okay. And he's saying, and knoweth not these things actually in a question mark, which is funny because it's Jesus honoring him and making fun of him at the same time. Like, you know, are you a master of Israel and you don't know the things I'm talking about? Well, he's doing that in a playful way. It's It's this picture of, Jesus being a human, you know, and connecting to him and where he is obviously honored, Nicodemus, but um, the things that he doesn't know. And this is still updated information. And verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and we receive not our witness. If I've told you earthly things and you believe not, how, she, how shall you believe if I tell you of earthly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Okay, that's 15. 
that's moving through the middle of the chapter into 15. So in that conversation, what Jesus was doing is basically relating back to Nicodemus, trying to help him, um, you know, with new information. Sometimes when you've received new information, you actually want to have a little bit of common ground and then you can find yourself embracing the new. And that's what Jesus is doing here. Like, the way that he is speaking to him, the things that he is talking about, and even the challenges he has here. He's talking about the earthly things. You know, if, if I speak of the earthly things and you don't know, then how are you going to understand um, the, the heavenly things, the spiritual things? And then he brings in uh, something from Moses, which is good because it's helping Nicodemus starting to make the connection inside. Like, okay, so what does it mean that what Jesus is saying is accurate? That, you know, what is born of the flesh is flesh and what is born of the spirit is spirit. And he is speaking of the spirit, like coming in and going out like the wind. And he keeps talking about being born again. And so... What does it mean that I would be born again in water and spirit? Okay, I mean, if you could see this, this would be Nicodemus connecting the dots as Jesus is speaking. Okay, so let's keep going. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, I breathe such a sigh of relief when I experience this verse. Let me tell you this really great story. So... Um, my mom, she loves scripture. She always has. And I remember this. I mean, it was such a deep impression in me. I mean, it was so long ago. But I think she was driving me to kindergarten. And uh, we lived in eastern Kentucky at the time. And there were, you know, lots of hills. And I just remember as we would go around this one hill, she would say, okay, we're going to talk and you're going to learn some scripture while we go to school. And I was like, okay. You know, and one of the scriptures that we learned was this one. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I remember like, okay, I'm just going to like get to know this verse. Even as a little kid, I'm going to, you know, repeat after my mom. And I can remember even on like snowy days, like seeing the roads were clear, but the sides of, you know, the hills that we were on and and the embankments and things, you know, they were covered in snow. And I can remember, you know, mom saying this to me and then repeating it back to her. And we would do this, you know, on mornings to school, I guess until I'd learn it. I don't remember how, how many days it would take me. Um, but I remember that and it sticks with me. And, you know, like I look at this verse and, and it's great to think that this is the one that stands out to others as well. You know, like if we are going to be a voice to people about what is required for others to get to know Jesus, like what a great verse because it talks about so much. I know that you all have dove into this before, but I mean, just quickly, let's look at this. So God loves the world. I mean, that's what he says here. Um, and he gave his son, right? That who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay. Now that says a lot to anybody who's had a really crummy life. Like they've been leading it on their own, you know, maybe they had a lot of loss or a lot of rejection in their life. You know, maybe this is somebody who has been trying to do it on their own and, uh, they've burned a lot of bridges, you know, and you're thinking about what does it mean that God loves us to the point that he would send a person that represents him 
so that we would not perish in the things that we try to do on our own. I mean, he, he came so that we could have life. And I just, I love this. Like it could really go into some great places for us as Christians. But, you know, what if you were a non-Christian hearing this for the first time? Like maybe even the second, the third, the fourth, you know, I mean, God does go on repeat for us, right? I mean, how often you see something on repeat and you go, that is from God. I should be paying attention. Well, I mean, people who are seeing this on, you know, TV at sporting events or maybe, you know, this is something that's just stood out to them in other places and you're going, huh? Like if I was someone who felt like I was perishing, And I read that God loves the world, which I'm part of the world, so I can translate that into God loving me. And he loves me, and he knows that I'm in the flesh. And so he had to send somebody in the flesh (laughs) to basically blend together the flesh and the spirit. Like, you know, so coming from God, that's basically God's spirit, right? And then, you know, here's the flesh of Jesus, and... And these coming together in our world and what it would mean that I could read that and see that that I could be saved, that I could have everlasting life, that I'm not going to perish (laughs) because God loves me. I mean, it's a wow moment. And, you know, here's what is really beautiful about what Jesus is doing here for Nicodemus. Jesus kept going. He kept talking. He kept reminding him these very things. And he kept saying things like, um, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So he's he's doing such simple English here, which it wasn't English, right? <laughs> but that's how we read it. Um, but these are simple words. He's saying, okay, if you believe, then you're not condemned. You're not perished, you know? If you don't believe, well, then you are. I mean, how great is that? Like Nicodemus is trying to take in this information from a non-believer's perspective. And he's been amazed by the miracles that Jesus has been doing. Or obviously uh, this conversation wouldn't be happening, right? Like his curiosity would not be here because of the things he's seen Jesus do. But what Jesus is doing here, he knows he's speaking to a leader. He's speaking to a teacher. He is speaking to someone who uses their brain and communicates with their mouth what they understand. So Jesus is not stopping at just this big declaration of, listen, God sent his son into the world, right? Like he's he's not saying that... <laughs> That, hey, let's just stop here. Um, He's wanting to really drive this home. And so then he goes further and into condemnation. That light is come into the world. And when men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I mean, so he's looking at Nicodemus and he's saying, let me say this to you again. Like, let me rephrase this. So, you know, we talked about perishing versus eternal life. We talked about, um, you know, someone who is condemned versus not condemned. Okay, let me take it into another place of understanding for you so you can really get this. What if we go from light to darkness? Now, can you see that one? Can you see that, you know, there are there are things that represent light and God's goodness and there are things that represent dark and evil. Okay, so what are what are people choosing? What are you choosing in this moment? Um, And then he keeps going and he says, you know, basically evil hates the light. So people who are choosing the darkness are choosing evil, right? I mean, talk about wow statements. Um, But he that doeth truth come to the light 
And these deeds may be manifest that they are right in front of God. And so what he is saying is, you know, Nicodemus, like embrace what I'm telling you. Like I'm giving you so many different kinds of ways for your brain to understand something. That he would be looking at Nicodemus saying, as I'm speaking to you, I am speaking to those who don't know. Like they haven't been around. They don't understand. They don't have you know, kind of that shoulder to shoulder connection that we get just because we're around people who know God. Like he knew the God of the Old Testament, meaning they were living in the law of Moses. So to be hearing that there is there is a place, an update, like you can go from dark to light, even if you know the law, like there is a place, a personal connection here because now the flesh from God is on earth. And so I just want to bring this to us today, like what it would mean that we would be representing this scripture as a kingdom person, that we would be looking at it from God's perspective. He is saying, I want people who don't know me, who don't have this experience to understand they can go from perishing to everlasting life and they can go from darkness to light. And that is the purpose of why Jesus is here. Like that's why he was not claiming it as himself right then. He was saying what God had done. God sent his son so that we all could actually embrace what God has done. Okay, I just wanted to bless you with that today. Thanks for being here. At Let's Talk Kingdom, we have financial partners, but we also have prayer partners. And I want to give you a few prayers that have been prayed over this show. Would it bless you? And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every show will be led by the Holy Spirit. Every show, every word spoken will be directed by the Holy Spirit of God. And that as people tune in and listen to the show, they will be impacted by the Holy Spirit of God. Whatever If you would like to become a prayer partner of Let's Talk Kingdom, please go to ltkradio.com and contact us and we will connect you to the right group of people. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Kingdom. What a joy to talk about risking on God's voice and the power that you have inside. You are welcome to come and visit us on our website at ltkradio.com. Thanks again for connecting to Let's Talk Kingdom Radio. We will see you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.